So something funny, lately, I showed you, but at bedtime, um, recently I found an old book that I used to have when I was a kid that is um, based on an episode of X-Men, the 90s cartoon. I mean, it's the episode with Juggernaut, where they're fighting Juggernaut for the first time. And um, to defeat them, um, they all have to work as a team. But then Rogue, when his helmet is off, she touches him to start absorbing his powers. And she absorbs his memories and she says the line, because spoilers for everyone, Juggernaut is the, sometimes they say half, sometimes they say step, depending on the program, mm-hmm. brother of Professor X. But she, this is when you find that out typically in a X-Men stories whenever Juggernaut shows up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Rogue is touching him and getting his powers and then in the book she always says they love my brother not me because of course but then tonight we were sitting down and eating dinner and watching that episode of x-men cartoon because it's kind of fun to read the book and then watch the episode but then i went and picked up my youngest son to go brush his teeth afterwards and he starts going they love my brother not me <laughs> as i was dragging him away but leaving his older brother to not have to go brush his teeth because he already did <laughs> you do heavily favor nolan and um nash is going to grow up to be a supervillain. well yeah but does that mean nolan's going to be a superhero you know in comics xavier goes on and off of being a really bad guy that's true <laughs> sometimes he's a good guy he has a team of mm-hmm. superheroes though he does so i don't know Maybe. Um, Something to think about. Yes. Was Juggernaut the first superhero comic book meme? Like the, I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. Yeah. That one. Wow. Maybe. You actually said it. I think about this this quote a lot because <laughs> I have a Juggernaut voice when I read. That's not the right one. And it's not that one either. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, let me see. There's a scene where Jubilee says, I'll show you, you overgrown trash can. And then the Juggernaut responds, What are you going to do? Hit me with your diaper? <laughs> and so my voice is kind of... It's sort of like a gravelly Brooklyn. It's like, where's Xavier? He wasn't home. So I decided to do a little banking to get his attention. And that's why I'll talk like that. Yeah, and then you say to your son, I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that hasn't happened yet. Hopefully it doesn't. Brought to you by Tyson Inc. Unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Means World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. Do you not know why I picked Tyson Inc.? Is that the chicken? Yeah, but they do a lot more than that. Is it just because, like, a cafeteria? They are one of the three companies that has a stranglehold on American lunches Mm. that are pumping them for profit and putting out just garbage quality food. They provide a lot more than just the chicken. Who else are they? Who are the other two? I had to look it up to remember. Is Sodexo one? Um, That's who does ours. Let's see here. Um, Pilgrim's Pride, Cherry Meat Packer, Central Valley Meat. So I don't see that one. Hmm. But if you have the same people who do our lunches, it's also trash food. Uh huh. It is. That's why I don't eat in the cafeteria. Yeah. We do not have kind, wonderful lunch ladies. Well, well I'm sure they're nice people. 
Yeah. I was like, we don't know. I don't interact with them a lot because I just don't go in the cafeteria. Exactly. Actually, over the last year, there's been a lot of cafeteria drama I've heard, but that's understandable because, like, COVID. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't know. I try to stay out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, This episode, we will talk a little bit about cafeteria lunches. However... The companies that are basically taking government money plus money from the school districts and the kids, making a lot of profit, and turning out trash quality product. Scum! Yeah, we don't like them. We are not pro them. So, while we may be pro... Do you remember her name? It was Brenda. Brenda. And really all cafeteria workers. Mm Mm-hmm. The people who supply the food are trash people. We're pro workers here. Yeah. That boy means real For the proletariat. Rise up. Seize the means of chicken production. Seize the means of production. Did you know there's corn in like everything? Yeah, there's corn in everything. Like, like everything. I would be surprised if most of our hand sanitizer didn't have corn. Yeah. Sweet, sweet corn. American corn. Well, basically when your children eat school lunches, they're eating basically only corn. So... If you are someone who lives in another country, how are your school lunches? Are they less trash? I hope so. Um, but yeah. I think I, my sons will be bringing their lunch. Yeah. It's a good... It's, it's, I feel like it would just be hard to keep up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a good... The cafeteria system in our public schools does a good service of providing food for people who don't have it. But it's not always the best quality and, like, nutritious and really meeting their actual needs of, like, good, healthy food. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is definitely not doing those things. But anyway, <laughs> we're here for some laughs, which is why we're talking about this episode, episode 404, Fishing for Verna. Oh, yeah. We, episode we 404, say. episode not found. Uh, oh, yeah. This episode's an error. Mm-hmm. You know, mm, okay. Real quick disclaimer. It certainly feels like an error. Real, real, real quick disclaimer. I think I'm about to be very hard on this episode. Oh, me too. But I feel bad about it. Yeah, because I kind of like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like... Watching it from beginning to end, I enjoyed this episode. But I think I'm about to rip it a new one. <laughs> yeah, it's... Let me just synop it. Yep. We can give a few thoughts. Give us the synop. Okay. There's sort of two plots, as we tend to, mm-hmm. running parallel to each other. Um, in one, Corey experiences kind of his first loss, first mm-hmm. death, as his beloved lunchroom lady, mm-hmm. Brenda, passes away. I mean, he's kind of wrestling with this. The fact that he's bothered by it, but not everybody else seems to be bothered by it. Trying to figure out how do we honor this woman who's always been there for us. Mm-hmm. And feeling this great big hole in his mashed potato heart. In his mashed potato heart, yep. Um, his volcano mashed potato heart. Volcano mashed potato heart. Simultaneously, Corey also... No, Corey is, but Sean finds out his mom is pretty close. Mm-hmm. Like across the highway. Mm-hmm. Watch, like watching... And Corey kind of plays messenger boy back and forth to try to get Verna back, mm-hmm. which is Sean's mom's name, thus Fisher for Verna. Verna. Yep. Um, and that's pretty much it. Yep. It's not really funny. It's like they took the, the melodrama that's been kind of building in the last few episodes and crank it up. Yeah, they try at some humor. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't always land. Um, yeah, it just doesn't always land. <clears throat> also, Frankie is back. Yes, Frankie is back. Yes, that's a good synop. Um, yeah. This is a weird, weird, weird episode. Yeah, it just has a weird energy. Yeah. It's important. It kind of sets up some things that are going to play out through the season. I feel like it says some good things. Maybe. Maybe. It says some things. It says some things. Um, and here we go. Here we go. Um, let's just get this out of the way right now. This show does Topanga so dirty all the time. Mm-hmm. I, Topanga is such a big part of my childhood. 
one of my biggest crushes for years and years and years and years. Like, well into my late teenage years. Having, having a crush on Topanga because I kept rewatching the show. Um, I think of her as such a big part of the show, but she just keeps getting these bit parts that mm-hmm. are nothing. Um, I know that Alden and Tanya said we'll eventually wish Topanga wasn't in an episode, but right now I just... I just want her to be here. I want her to do something. More than just getting some pie. More than just getting some pie. I mean, she had the haircut episode, and I loved her in the haircut episode. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I gave that episode a nine, but... It's hurtful. This show keeps doing Topanga so dirty, and I just want to go to Daniel Fishel and apologize for how dirty she'd been done. <laughs> we would... We'd do you clean. If we had the opportunity. It is. If we had a time machine to go back and make the show ourselves. It's true. You would have... You're great, Topanga. And you should have been in the show so much more. Agreed. May I say, though, at the top of the episode... This has nothing to do with Topanga. Okay. But when I turned it on, hit play on the episode, this theme song is so good. I absolutely love it. Just the... And then they're riding in the car at one point. No one's driving the car, but they're still driving down the highway. Just like the little scenes playing out in the rear view, in the windshield and the rear view mirror and all that stuff. It's just so good. This is our fourth theme? Mm-hmm. Fourth out of five, right? Fourth of five. The sort of six is the same song and same general idea, but then they do add like... They add people. Rachel and Jack. Yeah. And, or maybe just Rachel and Angela. Yeah. I can't remember if Jack's in the next season. So the first one is the Muzak. Mm-hmm. The second one is just the... Barely. the Him putting his foot up against the world and then it rolling over him. Yeah. and Which isn't an opening at all. The third one is the boys... Mm-hmm. At Chubby's. At Chubby's. And now we've got this one, uh-huh. which is the most theme-like we've had since season one. And it's definitely the most iconic of those four because... I mean, mm-hmm. those four are nothing. I think it's pretty adored the most of all of them. Of all Based of them? Based on just what I've seen of like talking with people, not just on our informal Instagram posts, because there wasn't a whole lot, but seeing some other stuff on some other fan pages, like season four's intro is like beloved. Okay. I get that. I mean, I always prefer my themes, not always my music, but my themes to TV shows to have lyrics. Mm-hmm. But that being said, the lyrics we're about to get aren't much. <laughs> So, that's it's boy meets world. Yeah, that's boy meets world. Yeah, it's it's not a lyrical masterpiece. It's not the Cheers theme. Uh, it's not Family Matters. It's no uh, Growing Pains. Oh no, it is not Growing Pains. We're gonna spare our listeners us singing that for the third time. Sharing the laughter and love. Laughter and love. Just want to do one part. Just one part. Pulling. With um, Boner. With, yes. There's a character named Boner in that show. And it was just okay. I have a great Uncle Seaman, though, so. <laughs> what were we doing? He was like, he was born in like 1902 or something that like that. That still existed back then, Chance. I mean, it and did. And they were far more repressed. I It did, but I don't think like the medical term for it was quite as... Prolific? Prolific, yeah. Whatever, man. <laughs> People are wildin'. They are. But, yeah, so, yeah, it's a good theme. It's a good theme. All that to say, it's a good theme. <laughs> great Uncle Seaman. Chance's Great Uncle Seaman and Boner from Growing Pains agree. It's a good theme. It's a good theme. I'll have to compare it to five when it gets here, but five is the one I always think of. Well, I think of this one. Um, I mean, I think of this one, too, but there's no lyrics to get stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Anyway, we're uh, we're jumping in. Amy has just made a delicious looking. Yeah, breakfast. it looks amazing. Um, I love breakfast food so much that if I had a mom who did that, maybe this is just like a whole like those without want thing. But man, if I had a mom who made bacon and eggs every morning, you know what I'm doing? I'm sitting down. Look at there were pancakes on one of the episodes, one of the mornings. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what they were doing. There was definitely time. breakfast foods. Yes, and not like cereal, cereal meal. None pop- of your grains. No, no pop tarts. No. Well, pancakes. This isn't a girl, a Gilmore Girls breakfast. No, I, I had pop tarts this morning. Um, but yes. This uh, delicious breakfast, and I would, man, I would skip school to eat it. Not saying much. Our friend Terrace out there knows I skip school all yeah, the time. I would skip school to drop of a hat. <laughs> but uh, stay in school, kids. Don't be like Chance. He asked me a question the other day. Or no, you wanted a yearbook picture. Uh-huh. So I texted him. I was like, Terrace, do you have any yearbook pictures? Like, like a yearbook that you can like send me a picture of me in and he goes were you in school often enough to get your book pictures taken (laughs) it's good that's probably a fair point i mean and you would be the type to be skipping on that particular day if i were to guess oh maybe now now especially (laughs) yeah i just uh i don't skip you're still working at a school next year you'll get to have your picture taken i got my picture taken this year the yearbook oh i wasn't in the yearbook your yearbook picture oh wow i'll get a i'll be in a yearbook um, I am probably in Sydney High School yearbooks. Probably. Maybe. In memoriam. <laughs> <laughs> and chance. Sometimes. I remember him well. Though so, not very much at all. Uh, Terrace, if you're listening, good burn. Mm-hmm. Sick burn, Terrace. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... I don't know why we got on that topic. Uh, yeah, poor Amy, though. <laughs> poor Amy, though. She just really gets forgotten by her family and the podcast hosts that are talking about her. <laughs> I, 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 I remember the logic yeah. that got us there. It, it definitely, though, does feel like this is like a classic sitcom setup mm-hmm. of like, oh, I made everybody breakfast. Oh, gotta go open the store. Oh, Eric forgot the keys. Can't have him do that or he'll forget the store. I think the store's closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even Morgan, like, oh, but gotta go. Tina's mom has candy. I gotta get some of that. And then Corey leaving to go be with Topanga. Mm-hmm. And Amy's just like, oh, all my work. It's true. Which is a bummer. It is. So but what? she gets to eat five breakfasts. <laughs> it's true. She does. I was going to bring that up. I don't know if I'd be too sad. <laughs> all this bacon? Oh, my some bacon. eggs. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> Uh, I would make tacos out of the pancakes, eggs, and bacon. Mm, I mean, you just take all, yeah, just <laughs> even put some syrup on there. Mm-hmm. Mm. It'd be good. Um, oh, my, my. This is also a thing that sitcoms do a lot that I really struggle with. So I'm really big, in my adulthood, I realize how bad people are at communicating. I'm really big on, like, the principles of communication. And if an expectation is uncommunicated... You can't be upset if it's not met. Yeah, you can't be upset I if it's like not I that's, like, met. marriage 101. <laughs> it's just, like, you can't be upset about unexpressed expectations. Like, you need to express your expectations. And then if they're not met, you can be upset. Yeah. But you cannot be just hold another person accountable for acting a way that you thought that they should act that you hadn't expressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, like... So they, they film this in such a way that you're supposed to be like, oh poor Amy. She's not appreciated for the things she does. Maybe she shouldn't be doing that thing. Maybe she should have a talk with her family like, 
hey, if you guys aren't going to eat breakfast, I'm not going to make it. It's like, what do you guys want for breakfast? What's good for all of us? Like, yeah, should I? If you're put- just wanting out the door, should you just have a little good like bag to go? Yeah, or um, a toaster strudel, or you know, it's something true. quick. I don't know. And, and like, I get what the, the episode is trying to do, and it's not a, a big thing. It doesn't ruin my enjoyment, but I'm just like, she has this family like all the time. Yeah, this isn't the only time of day that they see each other. Yeah, like... Presumably. Presumably. Well, we've seen it. They, they own a business now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, I'm just saying... Corey probably goes to eat at Chubby's every night. He he definitely goes to eat at Chubby's. <clears throat> Actually, this breakfast is probably from Chubby's. <laughs> I ordered in from Chubby's. The only food the, the, in Since we don't have access Chubby's. to the grocery store anymore, I don't know where to go to get food. <laughs> I can't show my face at the Market Giant anymore. Oh, the market giant. I'm so glad Alan's not a filthy, rotten grocer anymore. <laughs> Disgusting. Ew, grocers. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it means it is a fairly nothing scene. Not an episode goes by. What? That we can't badmouth grocers. <laughs> it's not even a thing anymore. We, it, it is not a thing for one episode. You gotta give us a, give us a break. We need to cool off. <laughs> um... But yeah, so it, it's really a nothing thing, though it does kind of come into play of like appreciating the people that you mm-hmm. take for granted. Um, that's kind of the lesson Corey yeah, learns. There I, could be some better ways to do that. Yeah, like just this whole like wife suffering in silence thing. While it is a thing that happened in like time, like it happens still. It, yeah, it definitely happens still. It's also like, hey, you can't be sad about something if you're not communicating a problem. Like, I mean, I, you can be sad. Feel your feelings. You are allowed. No, you're not allowed. <laughs> but, like, if you want to be appreciated for making breakfast, tell people you want to be appreciated for mm-hmm. making breakfast. Say, hey, eat breakfast. Yes. Eat it. <laughs> or communicate. Or some. say you don't want it and I don't have to make it. Yeah, exactly. Either one of those would be acceptable. Anyway, speaking of food, we cut to the cafeteria. Yep. And a very good school lunch is here on Corey's plate. That's true. And he's narrating as Brenda takes the mashed potatoes and then takes a ladle of gravy and like Makes presses it down with the ladle and then lets the gravy cascade out of the ladle and all over the mashed potatoes in their plate. Mm-hmm. Looked good. Uh, it looked great. Uh, mashed potatoes and gravy is one of my favorite foods. Mm-hmm. Um, I would pick it over just about anything. Important question. Mm-hmm. White gravy, brown gravy? I mean, it depends on what you're eating. Normally brown gravy for me. Mm-hmm, same. But if I'm eating like chicken, well, I guess if I'm eating like chicken strips, country for our chicken fried steak, stuff like that, I feel like white gravy is sort of the traditional way yeah. to go. I love a good white pepper gravy. Um, don't get me wrong. It's great. Great with, like you said, chicken strips. Um, I wouldn't do brown gravy even with chicken strips. Chicken fried steak, I do want white gravy. Mm-hmm. Biscuits, white gravy. But now I'm thinking about biscuits and brown gravy. I've never tried it. Could be good. Probably is good. Yeah. Do you be bad? When you were a kid, and remember, the last time I had school lunch was before seventh grade. So I had it all through school. You, I know you did. But um, so before seventh grade, I never had school lunch. But before that, I remember very clearly there was like this yellow chicken gravy served with chicken nuggets. Nope. That does not ring a bell. You didn't have like a... No, this must be a northerner thing. Yeah, it was... A bunch of weirdos. I've never heard of it again, and I could be making it up. I might not be remembering correctly, Mm -hmm. but our... We always had chicken nuggets and mashed potatoes and gravy, but it was... In my mind, it was a lighter colored gravy. Maybe it was just brown gravy, and I'm thinking of it as yellow. (laughs) 
You are blind. It's true. Who knows? Maybe it was white gravy. You'd have no idea. No, it was definitely wasn't pepper gravy. I didn't really have a lot of that until I came down here. It is a southern thing. It is a more southern um, thing. Yeah. Yes. Now I'm just thinking of school lunch. Because mm-hmm. I feel like most of my school from like fourth grade to tenth grade, I was pretty blessed. Hashtag blessed with my school lunches. Because yes, I would eat at the school, but I feel like both of those cafeterias were run by people who knew what they were doing mm-hmm. and who like really cared what they were doing. Before like before that was whatever. When we lived in Weatherford and then we lived in Muldrow, it was fine. But I feel like something was just really special. It was like always the same people. And it was like the one school, like everything was like from scratch. And even like they would do like, you know, you have your, like your school Thanksgiving dinner and like the whole community would turn out because it was like so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, when we moved to Burns Flat, it was like the same group of ladies that they were there the whole time. And they were just like wonderful. And they were making stuff. They were making stuff. Like I always remember like the, again of Thanksgiving dinner, like we'd have Thanksgiving dinner. It was on Wednesday. I remember kind of the schedule. It was like, I can't remember exactly what Monday was, but Tuesday was always like tacos, burritos. No, Italian. Your pizza corn and jello, spaghetti, lasagna, stuff like that. Wednesday was sort of like a nicer dinner, kind of like what Corey has on his plate, like meat and potatoes and a vegetable and stuff like that. Thursday was Mexican food day. Friday was like burgers, stuff like that. Um... But on Wednesday, before Thanksgiving break, we would always have Thanksgiving dinner. And then on Thursday, before Thanksgiving break, they would take the leftover turkey and shred it up and make, like, fajitas. Wow. And it was really good. Man, you were blessed. Yeah. They just knew what they were doing. They they were my own personal Brenda. I pieced out of school lunch real quick. I guess I pieced out of school. I mean, that's true, too. Um, Maybe if they had good lunch. Maybe Maybe if they did. Um, But, yeah. I, I've done a little bit, we're going to talk about this just for a minute longer, but I have done a little bit of research into school lunch. I watched that that like documentary, like Food Inc., which is a really one-side biased take, and you really should do your own research after you watch it, even though it does make some good points like the corn thing. But there's these few companies that control school lunch distribution, mm-hmm. um, and it's really super profitable for them. I mean, they are just giving crap and making bank. Um, a real Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Spinning, I mean, spinning gold out of garbage. trash. Um, so that that's a thing that's going on. But a lot of places have started like whole food initiatives where they'll locally source their school lunches. And that you can do it for about the same price. But the kicker is you can't do it with the same variety. And one of the biggest things school districts hate are parent complaints. That's true. Um, Because school districts can get in a lot of trouble. Parents can start voting out superintendents and stuff like that. So basically you can do really good for you great tasting school lunches but kids are picky eaters so there's a need for like options Mm -hmm. as well it's this whole system of like like it's crap if you do crap if you don't like so anyway all that to say it's a really complicated issue Mm -hmm. sounds like it i mean all mired in capitalism Mm -hmm. i'm not even all that anti-capitalist but i'm getting there yeah (laughs) you know i text you my thoughts (laughs) I mean, there are some real crappy parts of capitalism, especially when a few people game the system. And school lunches is one of those things. Mm. And who bears the brunt of that? The kids. Yeah. Because who doesn't have a voice? The kids. 
It's true. It's true. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a complicated issue. But all that to say, apparently John Adams has got a great school lunch. Mm-hmm. They also have delicious pie. Yeah, cherry pie at <clears throat> lunch. That's not a thing. I, not that I ever remember. We'd have cobblers. But I feel like a cobbler, you can make a gigantic pan of it, you know. And you can just easily, like, scoop some out on slices of pie. But Topanga's like, do you have any more cherry pie? And she's like, oh, I just ran out. Oh, but wait. Oh, I sashed some earlier, and this looks just about <laughs> your size. Yep. It's just, like, it's so sweet. It's a very sweet moment. And Topanga's face is very sweet. Uh-huh. It just lights up. This is her one moment. Her more or less. One moment. Yeah, more or less. Now, she's present in a few other scenes, but doesn't say anything. Um, and so they're getting their lunch, and then Sean runs in, and he's like, Corey, when's, tell me the last time I saw my mom. <laughs> uh, when do you think is the last time you saw your mom? Corey in this scene, he is just in mashed potato heaven. Uh-huh. He like has this blissed out face. Um, Topanga goes, Brenda, you never let me down. And Sean runs in, Corey, I've got a problem. You never let me down. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, you never let me down. <laughs> He's, I, I don't know. We've got like this. I know, I know that I'm supposed to hate him. Love Corey in this episode. Yeah. Love Actually. Corey. <laughs> like... He's got this zend out expression and just like, uh, just like, I don't know, Sean, when do you think? Mm-hmm. And he's like, when your mom went on that vacation? <laughs> yeah, when she took off. Yeah, she took off. She did literally take their house. Um, he's like, no, you'd be wrong. It was this morning. My mom's back. Um, but I want to talk about Corey for a second, because I agree. I think for all the issues that I'm sure we're going to bring up with this episode, like it lives up to the premise of the show. Yeah, Boy Meets World. Like, Corey is grappling with this bigger issue of, like, loss, taking someone for granted. Granted. Mm-hmm. Not granted. Um, taking someone for granted. Taking someone for granted. And, um, yeah, just kind of grappling with that and coming to a conclusion. Learning something. Mm-hmm. Maybe growing as a person. Probably not, because he seems to take everyone else for granted the entire rest of the show. But as far as this episode is concerned, he seems to have understood a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely took two steps forward in this episode. And... He takes about a hundred steps back. I don't know. His so much of Corey in this episode is just great delivery, very funny, and literally him being a good person. Uh-huh. Bernie even says like Sean has a good friend. Yeah. Like, and she's right. In yeah, the yeah. Moment. <laughs> and she's it's, like, you're not lying. I can. This is. It's true. He is being a good friend right now. So I, from this scene, I'm like. Oh no, is this another I'm gonna love Corey episode? Like, what's going on? Because he's just like, I don't know, Sean. When's the last time you think so? <laughs> it, it was great. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then it cuts away uh, with Sean being like, My mom's back. Uh-huh. They were at the trailer. Mm-hmm. And kind of, he's a, Sean's explaining to Chet, right? Yes. Sean's explaining to Chet. Um, with Corey in the Corey's trailer. there, but there's a lot of kind of that back and forth of like, ran her off. Chet says like the smartest thing and kindest thing to Sean that he's ever said. We're just saying like, you didn't cause your mom to run off. Yeah. Yeah. Chet's like only time of being a good parent yes. in the series. And shines in that one moment. Yes. This is just like, well, I don't want to go over there and scare her off again. You didn't scare her off. Yeah. You're the only reason she stayed. Uh-huh. Wow, Chet. That's very insightful. We need to be a good parent. <laughs> a way to actually maybe realize some consequences for your actions. 
just laughing about this this scene. Um, they're like trying to figure out how they're going to get her back. Um, Chet's even like, you know, I always talk about my secret plans. And Corey says, what are those? He's like, nice try, Kirby. I thought he said Corky. <laughs> Maybe he did. <laughs> trying to, nice try to get my secret plan. But his secret plan is to be rich and stuff. He's like, truth is, I didn't really have any of those. Well... We're, we we got to get there. Yeah. Because it's his other good moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, so he's got, he says he's got some secret plans because um, that's why she's here. She's after his secret plans. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Sean just kind of waves it off and they decide like they need to communicate with her, but they'll scare her off. They need to send someone who like a butterfly could land on yes. who, who they would, would look at it and not scare it away. And then they just look over <laughs> And Corey has his hand with a little butterfly on it. And I'm just like, this is really on the nose. Yes. But I also just really think it's funny. It was. It was funny. <laughs> Where'd the butterfly come from? <laughs> yeah, it was just a little butterfly flapping its wings. And he's like, hello, little butterfly. Hello. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so we end that episode and we get the start of... The joke that they just must have thought was hilarious. Uh Uh-huh. Where Corey crosses the interstate. The eight-lane highway. This is a... They do come back to this a lot. Yeah. They... Whoever thought of this joke was like, this is the running gag through this episode. It's so funny. Was it Michael Jacobs? Did he come up with it himself? And they're like, yeah, boss, that's funny. (laughs) But no one really meant it. Uh Uh-huh. Because it's not. There's not a single time they say it that I'm like, huh. That's funny. Well, actually, that's not the true. first time. No. No, there's some, like, uh, I like when Frankie talks about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Frankie, Frankie is the one time when I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah, we'll get there. But he he arrives at Verna's and he's like, and she's like, I knew you were coming. I watched you cross the interstate in the window, so you know how lucky I am to be alive. <laughs> um, yeah, it's true. And But he's, it, it is what it is. It is. It's Apparently, it's very dangerous to cross this highway. Yeah, uh, almost dying on an interstate. It's like they set up the joke to make the metaphor later, but it's like, it's just too heavy-handed. Yeah. It's dangerous to cross that highway. It's, uh, yeah, it's bad. It, it, it just gets brought up so many more times. Anyway, so Corey talks to Verna. Verna is, I guess you have to describe Verna. Ooh, and, okay, well, two things. First, let's describe Verna. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's the first time we've seen her. Um, she's sweet Southern, mm-hmm. bell-like. Yeah, really curly hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got quite the accent. Um, they're really trying to play off like this well-intentioned but flawed woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really buy it because you walked out of your family. And maybe that's some of my own history creeping in. Uh-huh. But I'm just like, mm, do I buy this? No, I don't think you do. <laughs> and... Uh, She's like, we were three unhappy people. I'm like, running away helped that? Like, shut up. <laughs> it brought the numbers down. There were only two unhappy people at that point. It's true. And not in the house because yeah. she took it. She was happy in the house. Um, yeah. It's really kind of odd. I have a lot of questions as to what their intention was here. Like, us knowing how things turned out, this seems pointless. Like, absolutely pointless. Um, more scenes where Sean was with his dad would have probably been good, and the mom never, and Verna never coming back. But I really wonder what the intention here was. Or if they were like getting complaints, like, our kids think it's cool to be an orphan. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if anybody would think that. I don't feel like this show makes it seem particularly good. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, Sean's the cool character. Anyway, I don't know. 
I would I would love to go and probe the mind of like, hey, why did you try to make Verna a thing and then she was a thing for, for like two episodes? Yeah. Three episodes. Barely a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they are, they are laying on trying to make us feel sympathetic for her. And I don't know, maybe the year on the road really was just that big of a growing experience. I don't know. Mm. But she says like, being married doesn't make you a good husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Being a... Having a kid doesn't make you a good mom or dad. Which is true. Yeah, it's true. But it's also just like, what's the point? Well, and therapy, maybe, could be a good yeah. first step. They can't afford that chance. That's true. So they just went on a road trip, in a sense. Yeah, so... Corey comes back, though. <laughs> or is this when she says to Corey to give Sean a great big kiss on the lips? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, I'll do very some form of that. Yeah, she, he's like, well, can I tell him anything? Because she tells him, like... Again, tells him not to communicate. Like, I'll be watching to see if we can be a family again or whatever. And he's like, well, I'll tell him that. He's, she's like, it's no good coming from you. They have to mean it. Don't know what that means. Yeah. Or how they would know. Or <laughs> anything. Yeah. And, and it, yes, they should. Mm-hmm. But, huh? So, before we move on, I've got a problem. Of course. Um, What grade were Corey and Sean in when Vernon left? Seventh. They had just finished seventh grade. What grade are they in now? 11th? 10th, right? Well, in the last episode, Corey said 11th, so we're just yeah. assuming. 11th or 10th. But how long has Verna been gone? A year. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Was she in Pottstown? <laughs> Corey freed her. Verna traveled to Pottstown, and she was gone a very long time. That's why Chet couldn't find her, because he wasn't ready to give up on life yet. And so Pottstown didn't, find, didn't call to him. Like I had called Verna. Uh-huh. But yes, maybe something in the way that of Corey and Eric leaving, maybe for the first time in <laughs> centuries that someone had left Pottstown. <laughs> a portal opened. There was just, it was just like a tear that Verna fell through, and she's like, I have to go home. It's been a year. When in reality, it had been three. <laughs> Two or three, yeah. <laughs> no, seven to ten. It's oh, still three. Yeah, it was the end of seven and the beginning of ten, but yes. So. Yeah, so it's two or three years. She was gone, and... I'm really glad we have this Pottstown <laughs> in our back pocket. Yeah. So, here is my thing. Here, here's what I was thinking about. I actually ended up watching this episode twice, because the first time I watched it, I spent so much time thinking about this that I missed a lot of the episode. <laughs> but, here's my thing. We have a fundamental problem here with the time skip, but still only a year in between. So, I think, I think, Corey and Sean finished sixth grade because i think they have to have finished sixth grade but then at the start of season two so the time skip that we created when uh uh sean zarelli uh created the blackout in philadelphia because uh-huh. we need that to explain some of this the uh oh dear this is a good show <laughs> the the time skip there must be a seventh grade year now that we didn't see so I think she had to have left at the end of eighth grade year. She was gone all of ninth grade year. Hmm. And then um, she comes back at the beginning of 10th grade year. So I think either that or they skipped two years. They skipped seventh and eighth grade. And they really were going to high school that very first time. But episode. that doesn't explain Eric. Eric. Eric being a sophomore, then a junior, then a senior. Eric's progression in time is doesn't work. Yes. Everyone else's progression through time. Yes, but I think, didn't we talk about that? How he was born before the night the lights went out in Philadelphia? Uh-huh. So he was born, and then the, the uh, Sean Zarelli changed 
Or Sean Sean Z Hunterelli. Uh-huh. Sean Z Hunterelli. Sorry, knocked the power out. Yeah, and then they were all born one or two years late. Early. Or yes, early. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Just a wild, wild web we're weaving. But this does make something very interesting. We now have a dark year. There's a dark year in there. Just a year. There's no when show. There's no show. Huh. Which year is that? I think we have to say it happened seventh grade year. I think it's the only way the timeline works with... Because um, we know they're in eight, seventh grade the entirety of season two. Um, they say very close to the end that they're still in seventh grade. So um, when Chanzi knocks the power out, that changes to eighth grade year. So they do that whole thing again, but in, but in eighth grade year. Because then Verna leaves. They do all of freshman year. With Sean living at Turner, Verna comes back beginning of 10th grade year. Mm-hmm. So that means 7th grade year... We don't know what happened there. Yeah. There's just a Would 6th grade year have moved up to? It would be difficult for... It's in a different school. It's in a different school. And there's just a few things that make 6th grade year difficult to move. The becoming a man gift when he turns, when he turns 12. So... All I'm saying is... Dark year. I think we need to do an episode and fill in what happened in the dark year. (laughs) Sometime in the future. Maybe. I just like the she's stuck in Pottstown theory. I love that. That can very much be where she was. I love that. Well, that's why she's been gone so long. Yeah. Because she's been in But to her, she's just been gone a year. Yeah. I guess today say she's been gone a year. Yeah. Okay, well. Sean says she's been gone a year and she says she's been gone a year. Well, that doesn't work anymore. Um, probably where she was, though, and why she couldn't be found. It's true. When she's like, he's like, she gave me the slip in wherever. She literally slipped through <laughs> the fabric of reality into Pottstown, or wherever it happened to be at that time. Yeah. That's how she's been living without her home. <laughs> yeah. She left it. She was living at the hotel. Mm-hmm. And then when Pottstown moved to Pennsylvania, Eric and Corey leave, mm-hmm. and she falls out. Last yeah. one in. First one out. <laughs> Last one in. Second, well, second one out. Third one Third out? Third one out, because Corey and Alan goes in, too. Oh, Fourth Alan one out. Go Alan true. goes in, and since he didn't eat the food, he could leave, and he brings his boys with him. Yeah, and that creates and the that, tear. Yes. And Vernon. Because they had eaten the food. Mm-hmm. And so, by eating the food, they sealed their fates to be stuck in Pondstown for an eternity. Mm-hmm. But Alan, removing them, disrupted it, and Irene, the Lord of Hell, ruler of Purgatory... Queen of Pottstown, queen of pea soup, her strength over the, the region is, is faltered because she couldn't ensnare Eric the way she thought she could. It's true. And Verna is able to escape. I love it. As is Dr. Man, or old man eating the pie. Yep, he has to escape. He escapes. escapes. <laughs> but he, being there as long as he was is going to have some repercussions. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think all of this is canon and intended by Michael Jacobs. I don't see how not. <laughs> It's the only way it works. I want to make a show where this is not the super, super subtext, but just the text of the show. Yeah. I mean, in first season, Michael Jacobs tells us what kind of show it's going to be when Minkus blinks out of existence. Mm-hmm. It's all there. It's, it's all there. far more eureka yeah. and supernatural than anyone would want you to believe. Yeah. Even kind of Twilight Zone zony with the Pottstown. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, okay. So I just needed, I needed us to figure that timeline out. Oh, and... Um, for whatever reason, I don't. For whatever reason, the night the lights went out in Philadelphia erased Stacy. Yeah, yeah, they're born too close together. <laughs> yeah, they were twins, maybe. Maybe. 
We never we never see her. Um, Sean isn't even named in yeah. that episode. Michael Jacobs is probably sitting at home right now listening to this because I know he's a listener. Yeah, he is. And he's just saying, those damn geniuses figured it out. They cracked the code. Now I have to invite them to my house and give them my power. <laughs> what's what's his power? We gotta find out. Just okay. waiting for a call. Your move, Mike. Uh, yeah, it is. So anyway, that's where Stacy. Let me follow him on Instagram. I if we had gotten to the end of the show and not figured out what happened to Stacy, I would be very disappointed. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's our show. We can do whatever we want. We can yes. make it happen. So this I just it. need to say. Sean Gentarelli knocked the power out. It blinks Stacy out of existence. Yeah. It's just one of those butterfly effects. It happens. It happens. <laughs> he has the wings of ruin. <laughs> Monster Hunter? Uh-huh. Sure. Just thinking about it today. I mean, it was the day to think about it. It was the day to think about Monster Hunter. So, um, anyway, for the very small Venn diagram of Monster Hunter fans and... Boy means we're all fans. fans. We're at least... It could just be us. I don't know. It, it probably is just Alden. Us. Oh, Alden. He's probably not listening. I sent one out to him. Thank you, though. Um, wow. So okay. this episode, though, huh? I, it's better than I thought. This is an interesting tale <laughs> that none of it gets told in the episode. I mean, it does in subtext. So let's give our scores 11 out of 10. <laughs> 11 <clears throat> Just for this. Verna telling the harrowing tale of how she escaped from Pottstown. Yes. There were three demon guards watching the portal, and she all she with, slayed all of them. All with a spoon, plastic spoon, <laughs> spears, gigantic. <laughs> um, anyway, sprinkle like a confetti cannon, but it's sprinkles. Yep, it's a blunderbuss of sprinkles. A blunderbuss of sprinkles. A sprinkle bus. <laughs> uh, that hurt. I mean, it wouldn't feel good. Um, so anyway. Corey goes back over the highway. We get the joke again. Eight lanes and not one stinking island. Yeah. I mean, he might as well have said land ho. I mean, like, yeah. just seeing that, okay, in my mind, there's a picture of him on the island. And him being like, land ho! Well, there is no island. Yes. Wishing there was an island. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It worked in my mind. Anyway, let's keep moving. Yeah, and so he tells them, though, that she's going to be watching mm-hmm. to see that they're, like, being a family. And <laughs> so... Um, Chet says, well, there's only one thing to do. And so they go and stand by the window and kind of look out the window. She's like, she's going to be watching us? That's kind of creepy, but also kind of exciting. I don't know what that joke is. Um, sure. <laughs> what is the term for a reverse voyeur? Oh, someone who like likes to be watched? Mm-hmm. That's Chet. Yeah. Actually, that kind, of, that kind of fits. He's a creep like that. Yeah. He's a, he's a drama queen. So then we cut to... Right, straight from the window to the cafeteria. Uh huh. And it's not Brenda. It's not. It's a burly man. It is a burly man. And Corey's very confused. And he just slaps mashed potatoes down and pours gravy on top without making a hole. Mm hmm. Also, this is what I really fixated on the scene. Corey's shirt is very big, but it's also tucked in. It's like a polo, but it's so oversized that it's like three quarter length sleeves. Huh. Of a polo. And it's like tucked in, so it's not really far down. But it's just like very big. I did not notice. And it's very distracting to me. Huh. Well, it obviously wasn't to me. And I watched it twice. You sure did. Yeah, and Feeny came in, comes in and makes an announcement that Brenda's dead. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if that's a thing that would happen, but okay. No. I mean, I feel like 
maybe it's a really beloved person that she seems to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we lost a teacher this year in the high school. Mm-hmm. But all that happened was an email went out. This, they didn't really have a whole lot of that. Yeah, that's true. Then. Maybe there's no other way. Yeah, gotta let people know. Mm-hmm. So they have a moment of silence, and then instantly everybody just goes back, yeah. un- unbothered. Like, like after a moment. And and Corey is bothered by this. Mm-hmm. He's like, shouldn't He's this like, be a bigger deal? Hold on, yeah. She's important. Yeah. Um, this is actually really good. Um, that first time you really experience loss... Which I talk about like I've done. I've lost a lot of family members, but as you guys know in the show, not that close to him. You lost them long ago. (laughs) Not that close to him. They lost him. Um, Yeah, exactly. So, but that moment when I... told him to get lost. Okay. But not... But kind of, (laughs) actually. But yeah, I've lost most of my grandparents and a few cousins and uncles and aunts and stuff. But... I'm not the person to talk about that. But there is that weird moment when someone who always there isn't anymore. Um, the first time I really experienced it was in college. Um, one of my one of my middle school, so I actually was there. I didn't stop start skipping until high school. But one of my middle school teachers, who actually was kind of a Feeny-ish, because she was our 7th um, grade pre-algebra teacher, our 8th grade algebra teacher. And then she moved up to start teaching geometry, I think, in... Uh, high school so she like moved with us every year um she was uh found missing and eventually discovered killed and i was down here in college and i was just like wow this is really weird like this person that i knew and had this relationship with and Mm -hmm. like i I would probably never see again but maybe there's a one in a million chance and she's just gone like her son was in my grade like i don't know It, it it is really weird when you like have that realization of mortality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember in high school, like we moved. So this was junior year, but like one of my really good friends it was like me and him and another guy from our class were like really good buddies. Um, and he like coming home from prom, like fell asleep and crashed his car and got thrown out of his car and like died. And it was just like this really like crushing kind of moment. Yeah, <laughs> of like a really good friend who's just like they were there and now they're not, and it's just. It's nuts. Yeah. To kind of realize that. So of course time. It's like you're aware of it at an intellectual level. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you feel it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. So Corey's kind of feeling this. And it feels like it seems like it should be minor, but it stuff hits people differently. Yeah. Stuff hits people differently. And I mean, even though he did take her for granted like everybody else, they had this special thing. Mm-hmm. And just knowing like that thing isn't there anymore, there's no chance of it ever like popping up again. Like... It's just weird. I've been thinking a lot about mortality lately. A lot in the context of Batman, because I recently rewatched the Dark Knight trilogy. But it, just hear me out. Mortality is a weird thing. Like, when like a life is gone, it doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. Like, there are all these connections and people and relations, and then it's just kind of severed. And it feels wrong to me. Like, I don't know. Human life is, I don't know, special? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I feel like the metaphor in greek mythology of like the fates and your life is a thread mm-hmm. and it gets cut like that's a really good metaphor like our lives being a thread and it's just like connections yeah and, and once it's true. gone it's gone yeah i feel like i feel like uh the movie hercules does a really bad job of this actually because it shows it as like one thread mm-hmm. but it should be a thread coming off of a tapestry and it's like interwoven with all these other threads uh-huh. 
to create like a bigger picture. And when it's gone, the picture's not as yeah. good. And in, in Greek mythology, they would cut the thread off of the tapestry and tie it up. So like that's the end of your journey, but you're still weaved within the tapestry. Mm-hmm. So it was more cutting you out of the tapestry uh, the, the, was what the fates would do. And yeah, I feel like Disney Circulars, they just show it as a thread. And it doesn't do it as much justice as it should. But yeah, I completely agree. Percy Jackson with the big socks. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, it. tapestry, big socks, whatever, same thing. Um, man, I really my my girlfriend is reading those books right now, and she's loving them, as she should. I need to go back. I'm reading Discworld, my first one. So reading what? Discworld. Oh, I think it's in Discord, and I was like, the <laughs> messaging service. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading a lot of Discord these days. Uh, no, Discworld. Um, big turtle, four elephants, mm-hmm. planted on top. Yep, a disc. <laughs> a disc. So um, anyway, yeah. So it. It's a really real moment, mm-hmm. and I think they did a good job with it. And, and Ben Savage does a great job with yeah, it. Yeah, he does. He really I, does. I almost wonder, and, and it's probably not, because this episode flows so seamlessly. I almost wonder if like that actress was really brought on for a bigger role and she actually died <laughs> or something. Yikes. Um, but yeah, anyway, he he struggles with it. Big time. Um, Cut back to the trailer. Cut, and then, yeah, Sean and Chet are talking like, what are we going to do? Like, we need to get her back? Well, yes, they are. But it cuts to the exact same shot that they left before. Standing by the window, like, how long do we have to do this? Yeah, and he's like, it, 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 clearly Sean did not go to school that next day. Uh-huh. He he spent the entire time standing, standing by, by the window, window smiling. And then they start complaining about their face hurting. Mm-hmm. And then they have the conversation you're talking about. Yeah, I was just like, we need to go mm-hmm. get her. But he's like, but she said we needed to be like a family. It's like, should we do that? Yeah. And then... Well, Chet wants to chase her, mm-hmm. right? As is his way. Uh-huh. And Sean says, like, no. You've, you've tried that. You've tried that. It didn't work. Like, why don't you and I just be a family? Mm-hmm. Like, because they are. Yeah. They are a family. Like, why don't we just we just do it? And they're kind of having this moment, and there's a knock at the door. Yep. And in comes Frankie. In comes... Is this when we first know that he lives at the trailer park? I think so. Mm-hmm. Which is just strange to think about, knowing that his dad's like a professional wrestler. Yeah, I I am so happy to see Frankie here. I'm so happy to meet Frankie's little brother, mm-hmm. Herman. Both of those are great things. It makes no sense that he lives at this trailer park. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know a lot about professional wrestling or the trajectory of it over the past nearly thirty years, but I'm thinking like you probably never. Heard it or seen it, but there's this reality show called Total Bellas, and there's no these two sisters that. that are professional wrestlers, and one of them is married to John Cena, oh, and are married. Maybe they were just dating. I don't remember. One of them, I think, is married to Daniel Bryan. Don't know who that another is. Another professional wrestler. Okay, um, but it's like their house is like it's a mansion. Mm-hmm. Like they have all this stuff because like it's a lot of money in being. A, I mean, you're a professional entertainer, like. I mean, that's what you do. And so, like, you live, or, like, you earn a lot. So it's just strange to see them living in the trailer park. Yeah. And we know that Vader was a big deal. He's already said he's been a champion. Heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. So, and, and Vader was a big deal during this time. Maybe, I mean, it could be as easy as, like, he bought the trailer and it's been plenty of room for them their entire lives. Maybe it's a double wide and he just doesn't want to invest money in yeah, a house. Yeah, just sitting on it or something. Yeah. It could be. Could be. But it is weird that they're like, Frankie lives in the trailer park now. Mm-hmm. But he comes in and he says, um, Mr. Hunter, Mr. Hunter's son, Sean, my schoolmate. 
<laughs> just like yes. so formal. He's just like, I come to make a request of you to watch my little brother. I must run to the store to get a quart of milk for it's his tr- supper. I, I must brave the interstate. <laughs> yes, it's rush hour on the interstate. And it's really funny because he's like standing in the doorway. And then when he says my little brother, he like steps aside. And the little brother comes in and he's like, I would like to thank you for your hospitality during this time. Mm-hmm. I must say I am unreliable when left on my own. <laughs> And then Frankie says, here's my watch. It is a little slow. Let's hope I am not. Yes. Which is the best line in the entire episode. This is when what? I wrote Frankie MVP? <laughs> I mean, oh man, it's a possibility. Frankie is great. Uh, this is my watch. It is a little slow. Pray I am not. <laughs> uh, it, it's one of the two best lines in the episode. Both One delivered by Frankie, one delivered later by Herman. But anyway... Um, I am shamefaced. <laughs> I am shamefaced is the other one, yes. Uh, we aren't there yet. You spoiled it. It's so funny. Um, this episode is really light on laughs. The LPMs in this episode are nothing. Are There's nothing. like two per th- 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, Ethan Soupley looks great here. I wish we saw him more. Mm-hmm. Um, Herman, let's explore that relationship. Love that. Yeah. He seems great. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, that that happens, and then Sean and Chet completely ignore the boy, which I mean, I guess, sure, mm-hmm. and they start talking more about, like, being a family, and Sean reveals, he does this a little earlier, but anyway, that his mom wrote him a letter every day she was gone, mm-hmm. which, okay, fine, whatever. Um, again, like, trying to make her seem more sympathetic uh-huh. i mean it's almost like getting a jab in on chat like sure she left but she still stayed in touch with me where as you just left yeah to go get her but it like left me yeah it, it i mean it sounds sweet right like she wrote a letter every day she but was she's gone. also the one that took off yeah, she took off like i'm sorry i left you didn't have to yeah you could come back anytime this could have been worked out <laughs> like i don't I'm sorry, Verna, like... I understand the need to, like, clear your head. And I understand the need to get away from chat. Yeah. But there are other ways to do that. Than, like, taking off and not even saying goodbye to your son. Like, uh-huh. I, I don't know. It's it's so, like... It's so clear to me that they were like, this woman is going to be on the show and we don't want the audience to hate her. Let's make her more sympathetic. But in so doing, it's like, it holds up to no scrutiny whatsoever. Not at all. Like, honestly... If I'm Sean, which I kind of was, and I got, like, a letter, like, 100 days in, being like, I miss you so much, I think about you all the time, I love you, I'm sorry I left, I'm like, you didn't have to, like, this is all avoidable, uh-huh. later, <laughs> like, bye-bye, I'm not saving those and being sentimental about it, I'm I'm throwing that trash in the mm-hmm. garbage, yeah, um, I feel like I'm being really hard on Verna, but it just, it doesn't hold up to an ounce of scrutiny, like, I know I made a mistake. No, a mistake is like stealing shampoo. <laughs> we'll get there. Don't worry. Um, That's a mistake. Like, yeah. But then Sean and Chet start to kind of have a moment. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to our second breakfast scene. Mm-hmm. Again, just the same thing of everybody leaving, even Corey kind of leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey stops. He stops, but he doesn't sit down and eat. No, he... he but he says, like, it would hurt too much to eat because I'm sad about the lunch lady dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, this is, I just wrote in my notes, like, the melodrama <laughs> is, like, too much. 
Yeah. Like Amy looking at the table sadly. Mm-hmm. The music. The the cut when he goes, all she did was cook us food. And we never appreciated her for it. And then he walks out, cuts closes the door, cuts to Amy, and she like looks back at the table and the food and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. This is a, a bit heavy-handed, guys. <laughs> there's no subtlety here. There's no there's no craft. Like, just a bull in a china <laughs> shop. Yeah. We're just going to crash through and really make sure we drive our point home. It's weird. They're so subtle about the time-space continuum references, but yeah, these I mean, emotional beats. If they'd have just applied that same care to those as they did to the timeline, mm-hmm. being amazing. This would be a 10. <laughs> yes, I agreed. <laughs> and a 13, even. Yeah, because the time space continuum is broken. 13 out of 10 makes sense. <laughs> it's true. Um, Fractions are different in alternate world. <laughs> it's true. I don't know how, but they are. Um, so, yeah, it's this, it's this scene. It means nothing. Okay. I mean, it, it, Corey's acting is very good. And we do have a great mom in this episode, and it is Amy, um, who, while not expressing herself in the way she probably should be, is still a wonderful woman who is very well acted. Mm-hmm. Um, Betsy Randall. Betsy Randall, you're Come great. on the show. Um, and then we cut to... It's the funeral home. Does Corey go straight to the funeral home? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's one more scene. I don't think so. This is why I think this. Because he was wearing that white button-up shirt... And he was holding his jacket. There is another scene. He goes and sees Chet and Sean, Chet and Sean looking at pictures. And they've been up in the all trailer. night. Is that when that? I really didn't take good notes on this one. <laughs> the reason I, the only reason, and I, I watched that, it two days ago, so it's just not fresh in my mind. The only reason I know that is because I was thinking, why is Corey dressed so nice? But he didn't have the tie on or the jacket on, and he was like holding a coat. I was like, why is Corey dressed so nice? Then he goes to the trailer, and I'm like, okay, he's still dressed nice. And then he, in the scene after that, he he's, at the he's in the full suit. And I'm like, oh, he was just not wearing his tie and jacket. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he goes, though, and sees that Sean and Chet have been up all night, like, looking at pictures. Mm-hmm. Reminiscing. Um, it's, like, sweet. Chet's yeah. like, here you are in a bearskin rug. There's your butt. There's your butt. <laughs> that was a pretty good Chet I did. You, you've always done a great Chet. Well, thank you. <laughs> um... <laughs> We uh in we get a funny story about like why are you riding your bike in the indoors in this picture? Well, it was a Toys R Us. We didn't have the money for an actual bike, which is great. Love that. Uh-huh. Oh, poor person humor. But Sean does say like fun is fun. Like mm-hmm. I mean, it's true. You make your own fun. Yeah. However, you can do it. Uh-huh. Like I remember our friend Ricky saying they had some really hard times when he was growing up, and it was like a very once in a very blue moon treat. Like, their one fun thing they would get to do is to go to 7-Eleven and get, like, a big gulp. Like, mm. I said, like everyone would get to get their own, like, 89 cent big, big gulp. gulp, and that was, like, an exciting. Like, you just make your own fun. I don't remember that story, but it's a good one. Whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I, this scene is weird. I don't know why it exists. <laughs> yeah. I, we could say that about a lot of things in this episode. It Everything ties together. This scene, like, Corey doesn't really learn anything. It's really just there to, like... Show the progress is happening. Yeah, and, and yeah, and, and, and progress is happening for Chet and Sean. Mm-hmm. Not, like... This scene doesn't serve Corey at all. I guess it's just a... Re- he's just there so they can narrate out loud what they were doing, what they were, like, seeing in these memories, because it'd be weird if they were just narrating them to... Each other. Each other and no one. Mm-hmm. There's your butt. Yeah. So, but anyway, then it cuts to the funeral. Uh-huh. And Corey's like, excuse me, Mr. Undertaker, sir. Yeah, he's in a and suit. it's Feeny. Yeah, it's Feeny. 
He's like, I'm not sure what I should be doing here. I've never been in a funeral home before. And Feeney turns around, you should be in school, Mr. Matthews. <laughs> Busted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but then they kind of talk you know, about taking a person for granted, and you have to let them know how you feel. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, well, what if there are people that need to do that? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you tell them. Yeah. Tell them that they need to do that. Yeah, tell them it's important. Um, he also makes a really maybe subtle more subtle point about like just because you take for granted doesn't mean that the person you're taking for granted doesn't love you mm-hmm. like he just this whole like you may have taken her for granted but she she was like proud of you she's yeah. like told everyone she had 900 kids yeah confirming because it used to have 1200 so confirming that this is now a four-year school with well, i mean if you had a six to 12 or seven to 12 mm-hmm. 200 per class mm-hmm. we're now down to Four. Four-ish. Yeah. Or I mean, could see... What I, I could see here... With 900, have, it's 225. They have a cafeteria for lower grades and a cafeteria for upper grades. But that doesn't really make sense because we've seen everybody in the cafeteria together. Yeah. I I, I think the time jump... Uh, Two schools. <laughs> yeah. Made it, it made it a four-year school. The extreme burst of children being born yeah. a year sooner um a year or two sooner they're like we need to raise the money to build in two schools yep we need to break this out um, and that's how it happened yep exactly it only makes sense it's just logic people but anyway why has nobody sat down and figured this out before it's all right there in front of us there are no problems with boy Meets world continuity there's just problems with you we're looking like that meme from uh Always sunny in Philadelphia, where he's like standing there with his map on the wall, and it's like got all the threads and the notes. Yep. That's us. Yep, that is us. We're doing that. That for is you. us for the show. We do that so you don't have to. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. It's a sweet talk that Corey and Feeney have. Mm-hmm. This is what I wrote down though. Like this is a different show now. <laughs> yes. Like I remember when we were on Brummie's World. And we did Long Walk to Pittsburgh, which is from this season. Mm-hmm. When we were still, I think, on season two. two. And we were like, this feels like a very different show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe it'll happen by inches, but I don't think so. I feel like this and maybe the last episode kind of mark it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. The, the show has had a really weird through line. Like, the first season is a very episodic, nothing matters at all. Um, very, like laugh of the week let's go the second season is like all about identity like who am i gonna be too much about identity too much about identity um so like the first season the boy meets world was like boy meets a lesson a week second season is like boy meets who he is the third season is where things get i think there is a transition from third second season to third season it's not as drastic as first season to second or third season to fourth i think there is a transition i don't know what that transition is third season is a very weird outlier it's almost like more like the first season of just like a laugh a week first season two yes electric book and then now we've got this is what i think of when i think of like boy meets work it's like i said in the haircut episode like this is pistons firing this is like the boy is meeting the world um because it had a problem everyone learned something it was tied into a school lesson mm-hmm. and this is a different structure but it's that same idea same idea different school lesson yeah I like dealing with loss but it's definitely there but yeah i feel like the show has changed it's definitely changed. it's definitely turned a corner and it's something different now mm-hmm 
is more dramatic. Not like full-blown like Dawson's Creek yeah. sort of drama, but there is more of that. Yeah, I feel like the success of the Sean arc from late season two to the end of season three, I think it was the main thing that worked in season three was the Sean arc. Um, so I feel like they just leaned into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That kind of like more dramatic, more relatable stories. Yeah. It's just so interesting because I feel like TV's changed so much mm-hmm. since this was a show. Like I've been watching a lot of New Girl. and it, I mean, it's a sitcom, but it is just like completely different style of storytelling. Mm-hmm. And I feel like much more the norm. Um, and it's just like a single camera show instead of like a multi-cam. Um, but just like the way that they weave the stories together and tell the different plots and kind of connect it all. It just, it works so differently um, than it did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like very satisfying. And I, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know the history of TV to like be able to track how show like shows changed from like your Family Matters, Growing Pains, Boy Meets Worlds into more modern sitcoms. Minus CBS because I feel like they're basically the same. Okay. Every single CBS show is exactly the same. Okay, <laughs> more or less. Uh, it should. It pretty much is. It's the multi-cam, canned laugh track. Was that what Big Bang Theory? Big Bang Theory. Was um, but like. A couple weeks ago, we had the TV on um, on CBS because we were watching the weather, and we were able to do that through reasons we don't. We still don't have TV, but when the weather stuff was over, it was just playing them. And I had I was like watching dishes and kind of around, not really paying attention. But there were like three sitcoms kind of back to back, and they're visually identical. Same story. Couldn't tell you what was going on. There was this one called like Be Positive. Never which, even heard of it. Yeah, it's new. This is his first year. Um, but is it about I was a beekeeper. No, it's about um, Louise cancer, <laughs> kidney replacement, something. But I was watching it. and I was like, in my mind, this is a show about vampires. And I'm going to imagine that it's a show about vampires. Um, and okay. I'm just gonna have fun with it because who can like? <laughs> there's nothing really here telling me that it's not. Like if I take the dialogue away and I'm just watching, like it might as well be because it could be about anything because it's a CBS sitcom and there's no courage going on with any of those. There's nothing interesting happening mm-hmm. um, versus like like other networks sitcoms that do. Yeah, TV's changed a lot. I guess CBS. All that to say, <laughs> TV's changed a lot, and Be Positive might as well be about vampires. Yeah. How is it not about a beekeeper? I don't care if she's a cancer survivor who becomes a beekeeper. It should be. It has, um, oh, what's his name? He was the Verizon guy for a while, a long time. I don't remember. It's not important. The, can you hear me now, guy? No, after that. Oh, I got nothing. I think he was in um, Silicon Valley, the TV show. Didn't watch that either. Me neither. But I recognize the guy. You probably would if you saw him. But I can't remember his name, and I don't want to look him up. Cool. Anyway, that was very exciting. <laughs> TV's changed, just like Boy Meets World has changed. I don't know how. I don't know when. I think I like it more now. I think I do too. Um, but there again, shows like Boy Meets World are very special. I feel like we are in a silver age of television. I think the golden age was like five-ish years ago when streaming like first started. I think we've kind of factory reduced it now <laughs> mm-hmm. to like. And there's like new stuff all the time. Yeah. Well, I think there was five years ago too, but it was all very experimental. You had stuff like uh, The Good Place coming out. You had stuff like. Um, well, even, like, New Girl, which was, like, redefining what it meant to be a sitcom. I know that came out a while back, but it was kind of hitting like its peak. It was, like, 2011. But it was kind of, like, hitting its peak, or um, a lot of people were finding it. And you had, like, 
Stranger Things was pretty new. Um, actually, it was exactly new. But anyway, and like you, you just had this very experimental time on television where streaming was allowing people to like take risks, take risks, and do things. I feel like things have become kind of factoryified now. Mm-hmm. And maybe I only think that because all people are talking about is Star Wars and Marvel shows. Yeah. <laughs> um, I. I have no problems with... Well, I don't care for Star Wars, but I don't have any problems with it either. And, like, the Netflix cancel mm-hmm. train. Yeah. We're just like, we're going to put out everything and throw a bunch of spaghetti at the wall. And stuff even that sticks, we're going to cancel it. Yeah. Um, Russian Dolls was really good. Came out th- th- those years. I mean, that I just came out, like, a couple years ago. I that was, wasn't five years ago. It was three or four years ago. I think it was, like, two. It may have been. It was when I was pretty new to Norman. And I've been here three years now. But... I don't know. Time is weird. Time We're is all weird. on our own Pottstown in our own way. <laughs> yeah, we are. But anyway, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think we're in like a silver age of television now, where the gold age is kind of worn off. I mm-hmm. could be wrong. Maybe. I have no idea. But Corey <laughs> decides to go talk to Verna again. Mm-hmm. And so he does, and he's like saying, you need to go and like tell them yeah like how you feel. He does. So the, the like, their first meeting per se, um, is very fun when she's like, are you here to ask me to do a picture show? Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. And then I like stopped and thought for a second and I was like, why did she say that? <laughs> yeah, I thought that too. <laughs> like, I, Southern people just don't call movies picture shows. <laughs> yeah, we don't. I guess I'm not that Southern. <laughs> I mean, you grew up in Oklahoma. But I mean, my family's from Tennessee and they never said that. Yes. I didn't know your family was from Tennessee. My dad's side, yeah. Okay, cool. But yeah, I just, I was like, aw. And I was like, why did she say that? It was like a weird, like, yes, no thing. Uh-huh. That I was like, yeah, hold on. <laughs> what? <laughs> Verna, what you talking about, Verna? Um, but yeah, he goes and tells her she needs to do that. She's just like, it's dangerous crossing that highway. Yeah. Uh, we do need to point out that when he, when... Corey is leaving the funeral home. Feeny says, and be careful crossing that highway. Stop! <laughs> this is, that is when the joke wore out. Yeah, how does Feeny even know? I, well, I don't know, but... It was just, you did it going to see Vernie. You did it coming back from Vernie. You did it with Frankie. Now you're doing it with Feeny. <laughs> yeah, about to do it seriously with Verna. <laughs> you just do it seriously with Verna, and you got one more time coming. That is six times you've told the same joke in a 21-minute episode. Uh-huh. Rule of threes, man. <laughs> Comedy rule of threes. Tell a joke three times. Yeah. I think that's what that means. More than that, and you're our podcast. You're our podcast. You're, you're talking about how you hate Adam Levine again. <laughs> Yet again. We haven't done that since, like, early third season. Yeah. Adam Levine. Let's just get it in there. You're still not good. Get out. Although... Your, my ears have not been bleeding from your songs lately because they have not been on the radio. So, so good on you. Maybe he listened. <laughs> anyway. He said, they said I'm not very good. It's time to change. Good. Um, but yeah, so Verna is showing that some of her composure is a mask and really she's not going over because she's afraid. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of that in there. Um, so a little bit of subtlety. Not much. But a smidge. But a smidge of subtlety. It'll get you, you get you far. Not after all of this non-subtlety. <laughs> the bluntness. Yes. Um, so yeah, she does show that she's just really afraid. Um, she shows remorse for leaving. Both good thing. Um, then we cut back to the trailer. Is it Frankie that shows up first or is it Corey? Um, no, none. Okay. There, um, Chad has a phone call. That's I'm right. holding my hand up to my ear like I'm on the phone that no one can see. Mm-hmm. But he's on the phone. He's like, oh, thank Oh, okay. When did she go? And he gets the call from the hotel. 
or motel that Vernon took off. He's like, or Sean's like, well, what happened? Son, I could never lie to you. Your mom exploded. <laughs> Your mama exploded. <laughs> you know what I really wish was in this episode more? In, in, in Chet's uh, season two appearance, he was making like southern comparisons all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, you're hairier than a Yeti in June or something like that. Um, Texas women can keep me away. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, something like that. It, why didn't he do that more? Yeah, that was a lovely little character quirk that just went away. Yeah, like, anyway, that was just my one thought. Anyway, when you said that, I was like, well, Chance, writing those things is hard and coming up with colloquialisms is pretty tough. So I just decided not to do it. Like a sleepwalking Yeti in June? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> They're not supposed to be. It's like moss on a Mississippi tree stump. Doesn't make no sense. Ooh, I like that. Um, that was an office reference. Uh-huh. <laughs> His new boss is from Tallahassee, and she talks in those colloquialisms. And then Michael Scott says that one. She's like, you can't just make up sayings. Oh, I thought that's literally what colloquialisms like, were. Well, yeah, but he just like made it up in that moment. <laughs> She's like, you can't just do that. Are you just making up sayings? It's like a pig in a pork belly pie. I'm not Southern, okay? Fresh soap peas couldn't keep me away. Fresh soap peas. I like that. That's good. Do you pour your honey on soap peas, or do you cut the corner and put the honey inside? I poke a hole in the top, and I pour the honey in, and then I pour it on top. Too. Oh, okay. That's Double cool. honey. That's good. Well, you got intended. <laughs> um, soap peas. If you haven't had them, go get them. Do it. I'm Chet. <laughs> Chet, I'm t- your, your accent keeps getting a little worse. I'm time. tired. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so they're having this conversation, and then they get a knock on the door, and I believe it's Frankie. It's Frankie. Uh huh. And he says, It is with a heavy heart. Yep. And I returned to your house, Herman, and he uh, explains that he took their shampoo. Yeah. I returned this. What kind of little weird thief are you? (laughs) All the things in this trailer, and you steal our shampoo? I returned to you your G, your hair smells terrific. (laughs) He smells his hair. You some, didn't you? I am shamefaced. I am shamefaced. <laughs> it's so good. You guys have to watch this episode just for Herman. I am, I am shamefaced. shamefaced. <laughs> um, yeah, the cadence of Frankie, but in a tiny person, is very funny. Mm-hmm. Does Verna show up? No, Corey's next. Does Verna show up at all? Corey doesn't show up at all. No, I think that's it. No, because. Then they leave, and uh, Chet says, well, we still got my secret plan. And Sean's like, not this again. Like, not this. And he's like, no, no, I've been telling you. I got a secret plan, and I'm finally going to let you in on what it is. He's like, okay, there really is a secret plan. Let me know. And he's like, I'm going to be the best father you've ever had. And it's sweet, and they <laughs> hug. So, Mr. Turner. <laughs> it's true. I'm going to kill and replace Mr. <laughs> Turner. I'm going to kill and replace Mr. Turner. <laughs> uh, I wanted you to put a colloquialism in that. It's fine. Faster than a, a June bug on a stick. Faster than a June bug trying to get in your front door. Your, your stutter at the beginning of stick was kind of unfortunate. I'm going to replace Mr. Turner faster than you start sweating when you step outside in July. Ooh, that's a good one. I was outside for like four minutes today and my shirt was just soaked. soaked. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It is, it is gross here in Oklahoma. Like, 
80% humidity with 90 degree temperatures. It is murder right now. Anyway, um, so they have this moment and Sean's like, Dad, your secret's out. And they turn around and Verna's there and she's like, hey, strangers, can I come in? Scene. Scene. And um, then we get Corey uh, or Amy one more time mm-hmm. made a delicious looking breakfast. This time it was definitely bacon and eggs. Uh-huh. Eric's like, I got a date with Cinda. Yeah. Alan's like, why don't you just say her name? Cindy. Cindy because her name is Cinda. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Morgan, her the person who picks her up gets real mad if they don't eat together. Mm-hmm. And, and Amy's just kind of resigned. She's just holding the door open. Like, should have talked to him. Yeah. But then Corey comes and sits down. Yeah. And thanks his mom for... <laughs> I mean, Corey learned something. Yeah. Like, he, he learned something and he acted on it. Yeah. Corey learned not to take people for granted. Amy should have communicated her desire to have, like, appreciation for this thing she's doing. But at the same time, when that communication is not met, but someone still appreciates you, that's still good. So, it's a, it, it, it's a very lovely moment. He mm-hmm. starts eating breakfast and he's like, Mom... Thanks for making me breakfast. Executive producer Michael Jenkins. Uh-huh. And then we get the little tag at the end, yeah. which is, again, serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Turner and Feeney are there. Turner is there. Ex- why is Turner in this scene? Why is Turner... Why isn't Turner in this season? <laughs> well, yeah, just two very random times in the first four episodes. Uh-huh. But he's there, and uh, he says, I think this is like a wonderful way to honor... Yeah, Brenda, and also you take your mashed potatoes way too seriously. Yeah, um, I like Feeny. Like normally, your schemes concern me, but this one I like. Mm-hmm. And all, all the kids come and they have a cafeteria tray with a flower on it, mm-hmm. and they put it on her casket as they go by. Mm-hmm. Just fine. Yeah, they all pay respects to Brenda, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's the hand that's in the their tray to her one last time up in that great cafeteria in the sky. The great cafeteria in the sky. Um. So yeah, that's Ooh. the episode. Um, lots of twists and turns. Uh-huh. But there was lots yeah, I bet you guys it. never saw that coming. <laughs> I don't know. When the first episode of this became about purgatory. We're going to find our way out of the hell dimension. To, to make really crappy excuses. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, I know it. I didn't see it coming. Do you think it, they yeah. remember Pottstown? I don't think they do. I think Pottstown is like, they remember it as an experience. Mm-hmm. That's why she's like, I was <laughs> gone just a year. Like, yeah. that's it. Because she was. Like, she had been gone most of a year, fell into Pottstown, emerges. She's why, like, why does Sean think she was only gone a year, though? Um, Irene is a powerful, <laughs> powerful <laughs> master of that dimension. <laughs> yep. And so she just kind of warps reality around what, um, what, what happens there. I like that you have made Irene the devil. It's great. She's probably not Lucifer. Maybe like a Beelzebub or a... I can't think of any of the others. Maybe a Mephisto. Abaddon? Sure. I'm trying to think of all the ones that from Diablo. Oh, yeah. Be- Belphegor? Uh, Bale is one. Mm-hmm. Um, Asmodan. That's a one. fun. That's a fun. That's just fun to say. <laughs> I just remember in Diablo 3, like, going and fighting Asmodan. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> that is what it is. It is what it is. Um, so, yeah, that's the episode. What did you rate it? Um... I'm going to go with a six and a half. Yeah. I am also going to go with a six and a half. It's just, we had fun with it. I think this episode is a 13 out of 10, if I do <laughs> say so myself. Yeah. But this episode of the show is half that at a six and a half. You know, it's it's so weird 
Because I come away with this episode with way more problems than I feel like I should. But at the same time, I liked it. Like, I had fun. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't love it. I didn't... This was not hair today, goon tomorrow. Had, if I had fun is the word I would say. I, I don't know. I think I did. I like it when Corey actually meets the world. Like, I like that. Mm-hmm. And, and no one is terrible in this. Sean's parents are a bit terrible, but they're trying to justify, like, writing... <laughs> From, like, previous seasons. Uh-huh. Which is, you know, unjustifiable sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's unjustifiable. Um, so, but everyone's likable. I mean, Topanga's role is so sad. In this episode and the last episode. Mm-hmm. It's just so sad. Like barely even there. I literally don't remember anything but the B-plot for next week's episode. So. Yeah, so I guess we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. It's a great B-plot. It's a great B-plot. The, the episode is named after it. I maybe even call it the A-plot. <laughs> I think we had this exact same conversation last week. Great, we're in Pottstown. <laughs> we're in Pottstown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. But anyway. Means, madame. Uh, yeah, it it was a. F- I would watch this episode again, but man, I, it's got problems. It it is a, a problematic episode. Mm-hmm. I would say yes. Who is your MVP? It's I mean it's clearly between Frankie and Corey. Uh huh. But I think if we're talking about the most valuable person in the episode, the one who contributes the most, Frankie. <laughs> I want it to be Herman. <laughs> I am shame faced. I think it's got to be Corey. My favorite person in the episode is probably Frankie, uh-huh. but he's just there to create a laugh. Uh-huh. And it's a laugh, a riff on a very tired joke. Yeah. That's about at the end of his life mm-hmm. cycle when he gets there. Though the um, Mr. Hunter's son, Sean, my schoolmate, mm-hmm. is also really funny. Yeah, no, he is only in this to make a joke. Like, he and Herman don't serve anything except for maybe... I was actually trying to figure out why they were in there, and I think they were in there so that there was someone knocking at the hunter's door, and every time you're like, is it her? Uh Uh-huh. Like, well, the two times it happens. Yeah. And I mean, them coming the second time to uh, have the door left open for Verna to be there. Yeah. Like, they were there. They just served that purpose of essentially moving the scene around and kind of flipping some expectations. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's probably Corey. Yeah. They do not thematically contribute to the episode. Yeah. And I named it Boy Meets Extinct Potato Volcano. I was going to call it Bash Potato Volcano. Why? I mean, it's gone. The thread's, the thread's been snapped and tied up. That's so sad, though. We can just call it Potato Volcano. Will that, will that make you feel better? Mashed Potato Volcano. Boy meets Mashed Potato Volcano. <laughs> okay. Extinct. <laughs> it's dead. It is. That's so sad. But yeah, that's it. That's the episode. Yeah, we did it. We did it. Um, Boy, howdy, this is really getting me excited for later in this season, season five, six, seven, as we really have to do some work. Our audience is in for a treat. I mean, justifying all the crazy continuity. No. The normal continuity. The Uh, actual continuity. Unraveling the complex structure of the intended continuity. Mm -hmm. Again, we're about to receive Michael Jacobs' powers. (laughs) Yes. Um, Is something that we went into this show... Knowing we wanted to do. <laughs> Never expected it would ever turn into this. No, I didn't either. I, I love that it has. I'm all here. I'm here all for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a... Uh, I'm, I'm excited for the more we get into it. I don't know for sure, but I think there's some crazy stuff coming. Definitely. 
some timey-wimey things. Yeah. So, we'll we'll be here. We'll be here to make sense of it for yeah. you. We do it so you don't have to. We do it so you don't have to. Mm-hmm. We want to say thank you to Dizzy Parker for the use of our theme song. Mm-hmm. You can find the link to the video that the song is from in the description of the episode. Mm-hmm. And from there, find all of his other wonderful work. Mm-hmm. Thank you again, Dizzy. Mm-hmm. We have a guest next week, right? Mm-hmm. That'll be exciting. A returner. Returner. Another in our three-timer club. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. It's, it's been... We've done two without, but we had we had a big string of guests in yeah. there. We needed some... And I feel like we're in summer right now, summer mode. Mm-hmm. So things are both more relaxed, but also busy in different ways. That just kind of makes it harder to connect. Yep. So We're making it work. We're making it work. We are not out of guests by any stretch of the imagination but it's good to just do yeah it's just nice a close you know, sort of an mtv unplugged yeah yeah just this a, is, this just is the our, acoustic just this the is hits. Our tiny desk concert right here and do we want to subject anyone to the crazy <laughs> timeline stuff i mean we did to drew and look where we are <laughs> look it's true <laughs> he's uh, foundational to this show now he is because we have Pottstown now because of him. I, mean, I guess we would have had Pottstown, but not the way we have Pottstown. Yeah, not like we have it. Well, from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, I think there's nothing left to do but say... So long, world. So long, world. So long, world. So long, world. <laughs>